I may not have the proper definition, but I think that when people say that there is systemic racism, they actually mean cultural racism. Systemic or institutional means that it is written into the system or formalized in the institution. So, if there is a law that is discriminating to a certain group, then it's systemic. If police officers treat black people differently simply because they are black, that is not systemic. Not unless the police manual specifically says that they should treat black people differently. If not, then it's not systemic or institutional. It's cultural. If police departments have general attitudes that are racist, that is a cultural problem, not a systemic problem. In fact, I would argue that the very fact that a police officer can be tried in court and found guilty of racist behavior proves that the system is not racist. The system works. When it doesn't work, it's because those interpreting the laws are racist. That's not systemic, that's cultural. The problem with calling cultural racism systemic is that it takes the responsibility away from us because we think that we can fix the problem simply by fixing the system, when in fact, what needs fixing are our hearts. That is why the US Conference of Catholic Bishops document about racism is called Open Wide Our Hearts. It says that what we need is a conversion. Where there are bad laws, let's change the laws. But where there are hearts that need to change, let's pray for and work towards conversion. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And Billy Chan, are you ready for Father's Day? You know, unfortunately, first of all, oh, no, yeah. oh. <laughs> you're not going to be able to go to see your parents. Yeah, I cannot go, but my parents will come uh, from okay. Montreal to here to visit me. The in not not on Father's Day, but we will celebrate. You know, we need to celebrate back basically the Mother's Day and the Father's Day. Together. Yeah, you, you probably need to celebrate a lot of other things. Do it is Father's Day a big uh, uh, like in your family or even in 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 Hong Kong? Is it something that's a big celebration? No, <laughs> no, okay. no, no. Okay, I think is I don't I don't think it's only the the culture as well. Is you know not many people actually care about the dad. I that's what I I feel. That's how I find. You know, Father's Day is a lot less cared than the mother's day do you find that um yeah maybe i guess i haven't really thought about it um <laughs> but yeah maybe maybe i do think that the way we celebrate father's day is different yeah. like a lot of times it's like it's father's day so dad go do something with the kids oh it's mother's day <laughs> oh mother day needs a day off dad go do something with the kids so <laughs> so like if a, if exactly. a dad said hey it's father's day i need rest that that would never work like fathers celebrate father's day by doing something with their kids mothers celebrate mother's day by resting <laughs> by having the fathers <laughs> do something with their kids but you can see the difference between you know the role between the father and the mother yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's right? true. Yeah, it is true. And and a lot of times it's the father that's just not around. 
because yeah. um, they're working or because they're just not around. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, okay. Well, I hope that you do get to see your parents uh, this summer now that it's possible. Um, yeah. Today, Sister Marie Paul is going to be back to talk to us about more great film dads. So she's still talking about uh, uh, father figures in film. Um, and it's a special because this weekend is Father's Day, but she's yeah. been doing it all the whole year because it's the year of St. Joseph. So... So that's going to be in about 10 minutes. And, and then, Billy, you have a question. Yes, it's about the father as well. So we are going to talk about that. Okay, <laughs> a question about the father. Okay, or about yeah, fathers. Church for dummies, yeah. Okay, church for dummies. So that's in about 15 minutes or so. Um, okay, so, Billy, have you yes. have you been to any World Youth Days? Never. So you've never been to a World Youth Day. You know about World Youth Day. You know what a World Day I know. Day is. I actually help a lot of different youth to prepare for their World Youth Day. Um, the reason I do not, I did not go to World Youth Day is because of I just do not want, I just do not want to walk that much because of oh, I, I know of that the transportation, everything, and that that's not my thing. You know, it's too many people. But the thing is, when I watch World Youth Day on South and Night TV, okay. every time, that's amazing. That's amazing coverage. Um, I'm just going to, can I explain to our listeners why you don't, you don't want to walk too much? Sure, sure, sure. So, so Billy has a, a, I don't know. I don't think of you as having a disability, but I guess technically you have a disability. Yeah. Um, you can walk. Um, and I've seen you walk with a cane, but I know you don't need a cane to walk. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think you should go anyway, because there are ways around. So if, if there's things that you don't, that you don't want to do, because it requires walking, you just don't do those, but you can yeah. still, you know, and there are, uh, I think World Youth Days nowadays have enough, uh, Supports, you mean? Yeah, no, enough supports mm -hmm. or, or facilities to, to, for people with disabilities so that they can participate because otherwise it's not fair because then it's a whole bunch <laughs> of people with disabilities that can't participate in World Youth Day. Anyway, but but I'm glad that you uh, watch World Youth Day on, on Salt and Light TV um, and all those events. Um, do you think that if you didn't, were, if you weren't concerned about walking, would you go to a World Youth Day? Do you think it's important for Catholics to go to a World Youth Day? I will definitely go to World Youth Day if I if I do not have the disability. Um, the, the the reason is this: first of all, I find that this is what I ex I I I I see it from the youth that I help. Yeah. You know, when they after they went to World Youth Day, they are basically you know they are on fire after World Youth yeah. Day. Yeah. They they love being uh, serving church. They they are being they, some of them change. Yes completely you know it's only two weeks maybe one week you know yeah. sometime yeah. it's only one week of of like retreat talks and the experience i'm i'm pretty sure that the holy spirit working really hard on on the world yes the, yes yes the holy spirit is um the reason why i'm asking is because um I mean, there's nothing really special. I mean, this year's the 10th anniversary of, of Madrid 2011. Uh -huh. But I mean, every every other year, there's a World Youth Day anniversary because there's been so many. Um, but I think that, you know, as we approach the summer, it's always a good time to talk about World Youth Day. Yeah. And uh, th th today, in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Dario Mobini. He works for an organization called worldyouthday.com. Um, and that's all. So he knows everything you need to about need to know about World Youth Days. In fact, he and I sometimes have little challenges to see who knows more about World Youth Days. Uh, so we thought it'd be fun to to have Dario join us on the show. He's actually joining us from Rome, where he is right now. Um, so we can uh, spend a little time talking not just about what World Youth Day is, but why it's important for Catholics 
to mm. not just know about World Youth Day, but but to participate if they can. So that's in about 20 minutes. Dario Mobini of worldyouthday.com is going to be with us. So I hope that all our listeners that have some connection to World Youth Day uh, can stay and listen. And maybe if you have no connection to World Youth Day, you can also listen in and uh, and find out why you should know about World Youth Day. And then at the end of the program, guess what? Music. Music, new singer-songwriter. Um, so we're going to be meeting a new singer-songwriter, uh, David Mades. He's a music minister from Arizona. Um, uh-huh. uh, and David, uh, mo- a lot of what he do- does is he's composing songs and making arrangements for mass. Wow. Um, and they're all published wow. through Worship Now Publishing. So uh, he, uh, we're, I'm looking forward to talking with David Maris, uh, chatting with him, getting to know him and his work and listening to his music. So that's going to be in about 45 minutes at the end of the program. That's um, great. That's great. Music again, is so essential in this working from home days. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, and at World Youth Days as well. Yes. Um, so if people cannot stick around and listen to the whole program, they know where to get the show. Our website, slmedia.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe. Um, so there's no excuses for not listening to the show listen to us (laughs) so here we go with a song to start off our program here's david maris with his single speaking of the spirit the song is called come holy spirit come holy spirit set our hearts on fire
David Mares with his single, Come Holy Spirit. And we're going to be speaking with David Mares at the end of the program. So I hope you can stick around for that. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. It's good to see you. Oh, it's good to be here, Beacon Pedro, as always. And happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's a very special, it's a special Father's Day in the year of St. Joseph. Especially with the year of St. Joseph. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I love how the year of St. Joseph is highlighting this very hidden, humble saint. I mm-hmm. think Pope Francis deserves a lot of kudos for having kind of yes. raised his profile in the church. Um, what what, has there been anything coming from the year of St. Joseph that has kind of stirred up your devotion to St. Joseph? Have you always like, oh, that's very, um, that's a good question. And I, and I'm kind of a little ashamed to say that the no, but yes, I mean, I have been doing as much as possible, even just that prayer to St. Joseph, which I had never done. Um, and I'm going to say that the devotion St. Joseph has always been present in my life since my first communion, when I received the statue of St. Joseph, so he's always been there, but I think I've never, I, I sort of never really paid much attention to him until I realized that, um, that he'd been there and that like, for example, you know, working at Salt and Light Media, people don't know our parent company is St. Joseph Corporation. Um, right. And we have retreats and we're like at the chapel of St. Joseph and all these yeah. things that, that I see in moments in my life that he's been there. Um, and of course, now that statue of St. Joseph that I received in my first communion is prominently sitting in our living room um, <laughs> on top of our piano. So he's there. He's there. And maybe he doesn't want more prominence because he's St. Joseph, but he's there. He is. He's he's I'm sure he's he loves being the hidden saint, Yes. Um, which is actually an aspect of St. Joseph that Pope Francis brings out in his letter. You know, as we talk about movie fathers who have some similarities or can help us appreciate St. Joseph more. Um, One of the characteristics that I hadn't talked about yet was this whole idea of, and and Pope Francis uses these words, a father in the shadows. And he, he puts it like this. In his relationship to Jesus, Joseph was the earthly shadow of the heavenly father. Mm. He watched over Jesus and protected him. Um, And then uh, and it, he also makes a really good point too, which is going to speak to a couple of the movies that I'm talking about today. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world, but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Whenever yes. a man accepts responsibility for the life of another in some way, he becomes a father mm-hmm. to that person. And uh, Pope Francis goes on to say that we that we need fathers in the church. So for all the fathers out there who are listening, you are in my prayers this weekend Mm. um, and that you can fulfill your vocation to fatherhood, but on to movies because I left you hanging last time with a zombie zombie movie. movie. (laughs) Do you watch zombie movies? No, not at all. And and if you ask me what's my favorite zombie father figure, I have no idea. (laughs) At a loss completely. (laughs) I've, I've seen a few zombie movies in my time. Um, I don't particularly enjoy them, uh, but <laughs> I did see a recent zombie film. I saw a film recently uh, um, on Netflix um, because it had Martin Freeman in it. Okay. And it is a zombie movie that takes yes. place in Australia and it is called Cargo. Okay. It's the story of a zombie outbreak in, Aust- I think it's Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're, you know, the, the people are, 
the land, the people, the country is devastated by zombies. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of a father who basically just humbly keeps pushing on to save his infant, his infant child. And it's very powerful, the level of sacrifice and that he will go to uh, in trying to protect this child. And it's a beautiful film. Uh, if you can put up with the zombies, so yes. it's really okay. not for everyone, but for our, maybe our teenage audience, or maybe the people in this audience who enjoy, um, zombie films, that's a possibility. Yeah. So a protector, a protector. Yes. Mm. But also the fact that he's so self-effacing, he's very, okay. you know, Martin Freeman does a wonderful job of being ordinary. And I yeah. think that yes. really comes he's across great. in the film. Yes. And he makes the film with his acting. Uh, the second second film I wanted to talk about is a, well, you could see many versions of it. I've uh, probably, I know I've talked about Les Miserables before on this radio, uh, on this show. Yeah. Uh, but the mini, the BBC miniseries Les Miserables does a wonderful job of portraying the main, the protagonist, Jean Valjean, as an incredible father and father figure to uh, a young a young girl that he basically takes in, he adopts her. So, yeah. and and he is very hidden in his fatherhood of this little girl. I, I think about not just that he keeps her safe, he protects her uh, from the law, he protects her from her abusive uh, family, uh, the abusers who had uh, were using her as a worker. Um, and he he protects her all through her life to the point that she's so sheltered she doesn't even realize all that he's done for her. Yeah. Uh, and he's enabled her to grow up mature and a- being able to love freely, which is a huge accomplishment for any father to do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, the BBC miniseries does a wonderful job in this. Um, it shows how Jean Valjean is willing to let go of his daughter, like willing to let her live his life. And he really struggles with it. It's very obvious in the book. It's very obvious in the many of the versions of the films, Mm -hmm. but this is the version that really enables you to see that call to let go and that Christ-like love that, uh, that Jean Valjean gives to his daughter in letting her move forward in her life, even without him if that's going to be better for her. So a very powerful figure, you know, say Joseph disappears into the shadows and Jean Valjean does too, in a way. And we can all learn that silence and humility in our love for others. So, uh, but a great patron for, for father, St. Joseph, I just happy father's day to all of you fathers out there. Thank you. Yes. And not, not so much a shadow figure, but, but the sacrifice that it, that it, that it involves because Jean Valjean, he, he, he goes, but it's a huge sacrifice, as you said. Um, and I don't think he even explains to uh, Cosette why he's disappearing. He just has to. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah just, very hard. That was be, that must be very hard as a father to be able to do that, knowing that that's what's best for your child Yeah, for you yeah. to, for you to move on. Yeah. Thank you. So Jean Valjean and the zombie father that's a protector from the film cargo um, i'm gonna have to to look at those i have seen all the miniseries the 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 Le Mis, Le series but i have not seen the zombie movie so i'll have to add that to my list um thank you very much sister thank you and again yeah a reminder to all fathers happy father's day you're sister- in my prayers take care Thank you, Sister Marie Paul Curley. She is a, a member of the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul 
And you can follow her at Sister M. Paul and read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. Hello, I'm Dale Alquist of the American Chesterton Society, that Chesterton guy. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast, and you can take the show with you wherever you go. Now it's time for... Church for Tummies. With Billy Chan, who has a question about fathers, you said? Yes, about father. Um, you know, I uh, have a lot of godchildren. Uh, I have all okay. of them. And, it's, I, and it. I, am, I am actually the godfather, so he's above me, okay? He's above me. Now, the question is this. Um, um, it's not really about me, but I, I'm asking it on behalf of a lot of different godparents. Yes. Um, um, you know, being a godparent is a kind of, uh, uh, a, I would say there is a lot of responsibility, okay, to be a godparent, okay. supposed to be. Yes. But, you know, uh, but, you know we, this is another topic, another big topic. We should talk about it later yes. on. But the thing is this, you know, when uh, the, the, the question is this, when uh, your goddaughters or your godson is going to get uh, uh, baptized or confirmation or, or any other sacramental uh, um, yes. uh, celebration. Yeah. yeah. What should you do when you go there? So do you need to uh, get a gift <laughs> to, to your God, 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 God kids? Or if they should give you a, a gift? Oh, I or, like that idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, or, okay, so what do you say? Do you okay. say, congratulations do you yes. say uh, thanks god things like that so well let's clear this up okay so um can i just say that even though even though you're right that there's a lot of responsibilities to being your godparent or a confirmation sponsor i actually am going to say that there aren't that many responsibilities <laughs> that, that there's really just one main responsibility which is to to, to pray for yes, and to help guide to help guide that child into a life of faith um and and you can do that in in any way you want um it depends on how much or how little you are involved in that child's life um so that's really the only responsibility now let's say you have a god child from baptism and that god child is making her first communion um uh, absolutely you should go as a godparent you should probably you should mm -hmm. participate in all those celebrations yeah. but i would say any other celebrations even that child's birthdays um and christmas you know you should keep that child in mind you should you should keep in touch with them and if it is part of your culture or your personal tr tradition family tradition to give gifts i i'd say that that's appropriate um i'm not a big gift giver you are um, a hug giver. I know. I know. I know. I'm, but it's because I, to me, that's not, um, I'll give books. I love giving books, mm -hmm. um, but not everybody likes to receive books. Yeah. So that might not be the best thing. Um, with my godchildren, um, it really depends on also how old they are. Uh, I try to make a point of not giving, giving a gift every time so that you're not creating an expectation that it's like, oh, I'm going to get a gift. Um, I'd rather be more, be more present in their lives if, if they're adults and, and they're in another, you know, I might keep in touch with them. 
uh, try to have that sort of relationship. If I'm visiting them, I might take them out for lunch or something mm-hmm. um, or dinner. So, so, so that's my, my preference. Uh, but I, but again, there's no, like, there's no book that says you have to give gifts or you have to, there's not, not even, I would say that not even a suggestion that that gift has to be a religious gift. Um, oh. A lot of times you think, oh, it's, it's a first communion. So I have to go to the Catholic store and buy a little, statue of of mary or i have to buy a little you know a crucifix or a rosary rosary like if you give them a rosary every time it's like how many rosaries do you need i think it's okay to give a rosary or a little statue or a medal but but if you find a a book that's a devotional or a story i mean it i I don't i don't think it really matters i would growing up i would get gifts from my godparents um and they would be all anything be like a shirt <laughs> here's a shirt or 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 whatever um so i don't think i don't think it really it really matters i think it's more important that you are involved in the life of your godchild or the, the your confirmation uh the, the child that you sponsor for confirmation does that help Is that what yeah yeah that's 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 good so what do you say to them so for example when they are when they get their confirmation okay do you so- say congratulations do you yeah, say yeah you can say congratulations uh-huh. um you can i think that because as a as a godparent or confirmation sponsor your role is to guide that child into a life of faith mm. or um i think you should be able to be comfortable to talk to that child about faith yeah. so if you can't say god bless you or if you can't but get a card that says, you know, may God be with you or, or write something, a prayer or something, then maybe, maybe you should think, <laughs> think twice about what, what your role as a godparent is. So offering a prayer or a scripture passage, um, I think all those things are appropriate. I will, okay. if I'm buying a card, I mm-hmm. will always buy a religious card. It's not going to be yeah. just a Hallmark card that says happy confirmation. It'll, it'll say, you know, mm. may, may, may the Lord enlighten the eyes of your heart that you will come to know the hope to which you're called or something, something like that. Okay. So, you know, this is another question about uh, an ordinary friend that mm-hmm. uh, always asks me like that, you know, they most, some of them are not even Catholic and mm-hmm. some of their friends basically asking them to witness yes. uh, a baptism of of their son or yes. of you know what what what's their role you know what should they do and they 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 just they they were just lost they're they're and i hate to say this but if they're not catholic they actually do not have any responsibilities um in in that child's life um uh, a ch- when you're baptized you need at least one godparent you can have mm-hmm. as many as two one male one female um, but you only need one, but then you can have 15 spons- uh, 15 uh, witnesses, you know, like, yeah. and those that's usually reserved. That's something that the church created so that you could uh, include people who are not Catholic because for some families, that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, so, but that, that uh, witness is just there. I mean, they're not really even witnessing anything. They're just there. I think it's more of a, a, a gesture to include mm. someone that might be meaningful in your life, uh, a cousin or, or, or a family friend that's not Catholic, but really that person does not have any responsibility. Um, and, and I mean, they can offer something religious if they're Christian and not Catholic, but but they don't feel that they shouldn't feel that they have to. Okay. So they, they, they can they can still go. They, they It's a celebration, right? This yes. is just like a party. Right, but in a yes. in a Catholic manner, in a in a church, and to celebrate with them, just walk with them. Is it? Did I 
parents say, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think that as parents, if you invite someone who is not Catholic to be a, a sponsor, uh, a witness at a yeah. baptism, they, they can't be sponsored for confirmation, but they can be witnesses for uh, a non-Catholic witness or a Christian witness, I think, um, for, for baptism. You should explain to them what, what it means, mm. what it is. I mean, they have to, I don't know if they have to, as witnesses, go to the uh, sacramental prep. Godparents do have to go um, so that they at least understand what's happening and don't feel... Uh, Uh, excluded with all the sitting and, and standing and kneeling and, and, and other things, other Catholic things that might be happening. Wow. Okay. So, so it's just casual. You just go, you know, be with them and yes. celebrate. That's it. Yes. And it's an opportunity to evangelize to them as well. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. You're very welcome, Billy Chan. Billy Chan is a youth minister and a web builder. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, All Things World Youth Day with Dario Mobini, and we meet singer-songwriter David Mares. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. We have dedicated many Salt and Light Hour programs to World Youth Day, and World Youth Days have been such a huge part of my life that I just take it for granted and assume that everybody knows all about World Youth Day, but that's probably not true. I mean, you may know that World Youth Days were started by St. John Paul II so that he could gather together with young people. His first gathering was at St. Peter's Square on the eve of Palm Sunday in 1984. Fast forward 37 years and World Youth Day has become one of the largest gatherings in the world. It is the Olympics of the Catholic Church. But Is it necessary for Catholics? Do you even need to know anything about World Youth Day? Dario Mobini would argue that you do, and he's going to tell us why. So joining us now from Rome, actually, is Dario Mobini of worldyouthday.com. Dario, it's so good to have you on the program, and it's so cool that you're in Rome. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me, uh, Deacon Pedro. It's awesome. I uh, um... You know, the, the first moment I had a chance to come to Rome and, uh, you know, visit with some of my friends after being in lockdown and, you know, these uh, closures yes. and uh, the, the, these times that have been difficult. It's such a blessing to be back with friends and reconnect, you know, and reconnect. That, that's really what World Youth Day is, right? I mean, reconnecting with the yes. mystical body of Christ as we're all moving towards you know, eternity with God in heaven, right? Exactly. And I'm sure that, I mean, you're not just in Rome visiting friends. You're also doing some, <laughs> some scheming uh, for, for World Youth Day to see what's happening. Um, for worldyouthday.com, can you tell us a little bit about what, what is worldyouthday.com? Like, what is the goal of the organization? Yeah. So, our, our, you know, our goal was uh, we wanted to promote World Youth Day, not only to all the English-speaking pilgrims of the world, but it was an opportunity for continuity of content right every time there's a world youth day it seems like every website just drops off the face of the earth yeah, and then there's nothing left to connect to yeah. engage to promote right and so we're left with like 
okay, I guess the next one will be in this city. I guess we'll have to wait until they launch a website. Yeah. And I but, know. So, so a lot of people are left like wondering, you know, what, what is out there? So we decided to, you know, start Googling and start to figure out what, what can we do? And we re- realized that worldyouth.com was for sale. So we ended up purchasing it because we found out that worldyouth.com was being used for other purposes that were not really that good. Okay. And we didn't want people to be, you know, going on websites that, you know, you have the term World Youth Day, and then you're taken to, you know, these junk email, you know, right, web exactly. Addresses. Or like travel agencies or whatever. Exactly. And so we thought, you know what, let's get worldyouth.com. So when we got worldyouth.com, we went to the Vatican and said, you know, uh, here, we got this website. We're willing to give it to you, to the church, so that you guys can use it to promote World Youth Day. And, and uh, you know, one of my colleagues, you know, when he pre- presented this to one of the nuns there at the offices at the Vatican, they, she just laughed and said, what are we going to do with it? We don't have time. Yeah. Um, you know, we just don't have the energy for it. You guys do it. You do something with it. And we will be glad to look for it. And now it's the number one most searched uh, website. When you Google well, World Youth Day, it, it when you is search exa- World Youth Day. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's it. If anybody searches World Youth Day, that's the first thing that comes up, which is brilliant. You mentioned that it's you and like you know some of you guys went to Rome or you bought the domain name. Like, who are the who are the people? I mean, I know you, but who else is WorldDJ.com? Is it like you and some friends? Yeah. Like, what is this? So one of my good friends, Steve Karakis, who um, you know has been the world every World Youth Day since Denver. Yeah. I mean, the guy is like, you know, he has the knowledge and the wisdom of what world you think goes on. And he was, he's the mastermind behind this whole website. He wanted to pro- have a website where content is there, how to prepare, how to engage, how to spiritually get ready for, and then how to follow up with uh, all these great ideas were thrown in there. And then he, he okay. started funding the website on by himself. And then I jumped in and saw, and here I am helping to yeah. get the website out to, to more people and uh, connect more people to this great resource that we've put together and hopefully we'll continue to put together for many years to come. But yeah. you know, it, like it's a work in progress, but the idea is to gather the world together. This is the beauty of why I'm in Rome. I, I look at St. Peter's square and you, you get to see these beautiful colonnades, right? That Bernini did. And these yeah. colonnades are, are meant to look like arms mm-hmm. trying to gather the world yeah. together. Yeah. See, th- that's what this website is all about. We're right. trying to gather the world together to this, to this beautiful encounter that World Youth Day does to empower young people to be missionary disciples of the faith so that they, when they encounter Christ through the successor of Peter, they can go out and share that image of Christ, that they can be the image of Christ to all those whom they encounter and let that continue on to transform the world. Right. Now, I, it, it seems obvious that obviously the website would be for people who have a connection with, to World Youth Day or people who've been to a World Youth Day. But I think that you would agree with me that, that it's more than that. That, that, that everybody in the church should, should know about World Youth Day. Why? 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 What is it about World Youth Day? Because there's something about World Youth Day that we sometimes forget. You know, we, we oftentimes place the young church Mm-hmm. And we, we look at them as like, oh, you know, they're the future or, you know, they, 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 they can't contribute, you know, uh, you know, the sainthood, you know, the idea of sainthood is for those who have matured their faith, you know, yes, it's yes. kind of like a fine wine, right? That they, it needs a years of experience. Yes. And then we forget that the young church is the fiery passion that is actually motivating others, you know, and, and doing actions that can transform the world. Look at, Look at what Pope Francis said recently at uh, World Youth Day in Panama, right? Mm-hmm. You're not the future. You're the now. 
Yeah. Like what you are doing, what you're saying is transforming the world. You, you, what you are saying and what you're doing, people are paying attention to. And it's not that we are ignoring the young church. I, I feel like the young church is just sitting isolated, waiting for an opportunity to actively participate, to actively engage in the life and the mission of the church. We're, we're putting them aside and we're telling them that they're too young. But in reality, you know, they have something to contribute. They have stories to share. And, you know, going back to the Synod on the Youth that, that happened, uh, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis said, you know, it's, it's, we need to sit down and listen. Yeah. How many saints have been young? Look yeah. at all the young saints. You got Carlo Acutis. Yes. You know, you, you got Blessed Pure George of Pure Fasat. George, you got, yeah. I mean, yeah, lots. St. Therese. St. Maria Goretti. Yeah. You know, St. Philomena, right? You got St. Francisco and Jacinta. They're saints for a reason. Well, we forget even Mary was a teenager when she was yeah. you know, called um, Jesus at 33. I mean, that's still World Youth Day age, right? <laughs> um, so, well, yeah. so, so would you say for someone who will never get a chance to go to a World Youth Day, would you say that it's still essential that there are there is something about World Youth Day that that should be essential to everybody's you know faith? Um, I, I, I absolutely think so. I, I think we're, we're doing a grave injustice if we're not giving an opportunity to a young person to feel connected to the universal church. Yeah. See, there, there's one thing when we're connected locally in our parishes yeah. and in our dioceses, right? It's another thing when they see the bigger yeah. picture of the faith come alive. Yeah, I like, know what that, you mean. That's yeah. World Youth Day, right? Yeah. I mean, you would agree with this. Of course. Like, the, yeah. you, you go to World Youth Day and then you get to see the beautiful church that you yeah. don't normally see in your parishes. Yeah. You don't see in your diocese. Yeah, you don't understand now church it, until you go yeah. to World Youth Day. Yeah. And then it connects. I belong to something bigger than what I see, than what I feel, right? Because the mystical body of Christ is not just what we see, right? We say it in the creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, right? What is seen and unseen, what is visible and invisible. Mm -hmm. And yet the visible church is not just the local church. It's also the universal church. And it's also the, the, you know, the church triumphant and the church suffering united yeah. with the church, tri yeah, tri yeah, you know, the yeah, militant yeah. and what a beautiful image you get to see that. Yeah, that's, that's a great, I, and I, I mean, I agree with you, but I never had thought about it that way that, I mean, you understand church, but it is essential to our faith to understand church and how do we do that? Um, we have like a minute left, Dario. Yeah. 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 And when's the next world youth day? How do people <laughs> prepare? Yeah. Great question. In a minute, it's kind of tough to answer that. But, I, I, you know, so the next World Youth Day will be held in Lisbon, uh, Portugal in 2023. Now, the Holy Father postponed it one more year so that hopefully our whole world can heal right properly. Mm -hmm. And yes. I would say the best way to prepare is start having a conversation with your parish priest. Have a conversation with your local youth director, youth minister, and, yeah. and then make that become the starting point that leads to the diocesan director, the yeah. local bishop, right? Start having a conversation. We, we want to unite together. The Holy Father is welcoming the youth of the world. He's invited the youth of the world to gather together to encounter Christ, and not only through him as the successor of St. Peter, but also through the blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, right? The, 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 what unites all of us together at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And yet it is that call of Christ Jesus to come follow me, mm -hmm. that World Youth Day echoes. And I hope that everyone in Canada, particularly for those who are listening in, right? 
that uh, you would have an opportunity to have that beautiful encounter. The church welcomes you and the church calls you by name to come to this amazing encounter that will happen in Lisbon. And with Our Lady, we will make haste, right? Oh, I was, I was waiting. Ends of the earth. I was waiting to see if you're going to make that connection. So, so I'm, to, I'm glad you did. Theme, that's right? the that's theme. The so, theme. the theme of, of, of World Youth Day 2023 is uh, Mary went with haste. So, let us all hasten to get prepared. Uh, and thank you for that advice. Get connected with your pastor, with your youth minister, with your diocesan youth director. And that's the best way to go. Dario, we got to leave it there. I know there's so much, but this is why we do a weekly show. We will be talking about World Youth Day a lot between now and August 2023. Dario, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy Rome. Um, don't eat too much pasta and uh, we'll we'll connect when you get back. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. God love you, buddy. Dario Mobini is the editor-in-chief at worldyouthday.com. You can find out all about what they do and all about World Youth Days at that website, worldyouthday.com. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to it again, visit us at our website, slmedia.org. And here now is David Maris with his setting of Psalm 116, I will take the cup of salvation. I will take the cup of salvation
That was David Mares with Psalm 116, I Will Take the Cup of Salvation. David Mares is a musician, a composer, singer, and worship leader who serves as the music director at St. Timothy Catholic Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And as part of that job, David spends a lot of time composing songs and making arrangements for the Mass, which are published through Worship Now Publishing. David also writes, records, and performs with his band, Ever New, uh, which recently re released their EP, Victorious. Uh, and so to tell us more, I am, uh, I'm very pleased to be joined now by David Maris. Uh, David, is, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Well, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I have to tell you that it's, it's funny. So St. Tim's, in case people do, so St. Tim's is the parish. That's where Tom Booth, uh, right? Is that the right parish? Yeah, the, the Tom Booth, Matt Marr. Uh, and so last week, Nick Garza was on this show. And I, you must know Nick because he was like, well, I grew up at St. Tim's. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that the Catholic Church in Phoenix is taking over my program. We need to get people from other, other churches and other states. Um, anyway, it's, it's great to see all the good fruit that's coming out of that parish, I guess. Um, and it must, be, uh, it must be a joy for you to be working there. Oh, I love being there. It's a community that's on fire for the faith. That's for Amen. Sure. I know. I know. Um, but let's not talk about that yet. I, I'm curious to know what it was like uh, for you growing up. Did you grow up in Phoenix? Uh, I'm presuming a Latino family. Tell me about that. I grew up in Colorado, actually. Okay. In the mountains just outside of Denver. Beautiful. Yeah, that's where, I mean, my parents were, they, they're from New Mexico. So that's where, you know, okay. they're family history kind of is from there, but they moved to, to Colorado and then raised me there uh, in the mountains. And, um, and then I moved to Arizona when I went to the university of Arizona in Tucson. Okay. Right. Okay. So, um, Catholic family, I guess you grew up Catholic. Yeah, I grew up Catholic. Good yeah. Latino family. Um, <laughs> what, uh, a big family, brothers, sisters, or I have one sister. So. Okay. Pretty small family but okay was there a lot of music like where does the music connection come in for you oh yeah yeah music in the house just all growing up yeah i mean my parents love listening to music my dad played guitar okay. my mom's in the choir at church all right so that really brought me up in the sense of music ministry and so i remember going to her choir rehearsals and okay playing outside the church outside while she was rehearsing with the choir and just being really raised up with this sense of uh yeah, serving the church in that way. And I, I fell in love with music just on my own in the, the way I just attending mass and learning how to pray at mass. Mm -hmm. uh, but also a lot of that was their, you know, their own service and their own love of music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Did you, uh, I mean, I know that you were, you learned to play drums or and, and keyboard, right? Growing up, is that something you wanted to do or did your parents kind of sort of make you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I remember I wanted to learn piano, but when I started getting into it, it was, it was yeah, not too exciting as a little yeah, kid. You know, yeah. You and everybody scale. else. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But then I, uh, I remember my piano teacher at the time, her husband taught drums in the, in the gr garage. Oh, and fun, so man. I remember hearing drum lessons during my piano lessons and thinking, wow, that sounds so much more fun than what <laughs> I'm doing right now. And so that's when I started learning drums and, and, uh, during all through school, I was, it was a drum line, jazz band, all of that. Oh, good. I went to drum line at university of Arizona. Oh, fun. So, yeah. Was, that's then fun. I, yeah. Is it true that you, then you won a guitar in a raffle and that's how yeah. guitar started. That's crazy. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> um, I, even when I was putting my number in, you know, my name in for, for that raffle, I remember yeah. thinking, um, you know, Lord, if, 
just praying, Lord, if you want me to win this guitar, I'll learn how to play it. <laughs> That's like, it's almost like, and then I got the call, you know, the next day you want it. It's like, well, you know, I promised the Lord I'd, I'd learn how to play it. And so I always grew up with a guitar around the house, but you know, my dad just had acoustic guitars and they're a little bit harder to learn, you know, a little bit more. Oh, so this was an electric. This was an electric guitar. Yeah, yeah that is harder. Um, at least you didn't say, you didn't say, God, if I win this guitar, I promise that I will dedicate all my music to you. <laughs> Were you doing that already? Were you already thinking like, I want to do music ministry? Like, was that a thing for you? Um, at that time, I think I was more middle school age. Okay, yeah, so I didn't really have a sense yeah. of yeah uh, okay really wanting to yet but then that's when i started um you know being asked to hey on well now that i know how to play guitar they started asking me can you play for the youth group uh can you play for this we're starting a teen mass can you play for this teen right. mass that we're starting and you know things like so that's when i started uh, getting into the music ministry from there so when did you you studied music right but i think you also studied engineering so when did you yep. decide like i want to do the music thing and not the engineering thing <laughs> well I always loved music, especially in high school. I really felt that call to serve in music ministry. Yeah, It was almost like engineering was a, a backup plan for me. <laughs> I just knew that I'd, I knew that I had to study engineering in order to do engineering. But in my heart, I, I just knew that music was my uh, first love, you know, that I really felt called to do. And did you feel that you want to do like secular music or were you always thinking, no, I want to do like ministry or, or worship music primarily it was ministry yeah i love secular music i just yeah of course. You know, i love so so many types of music and i love playing you know so yeah. so many different types of music but really in my heart it was it was music ministry i really felt that call on my heart so i know you have a band ever new um but but i'm kind of a little sort of not sure is is there more like david maris the band he wants to do record and, and worship lead worship with the band or because it really seems to me that the work you do at the parish is kind of yeah. where your heart is like especially those compositions and you're putting out psalms i mean there's so many settings and you're helping music ministers do their craft do you see that that's kind of yeah. the core of your ministry yeah definitely yeah especially as my role as a music director at the parish i really yeah. uh really serving all of the different ministries at the parish, whether that's, you know, life teen or our men's women's ministries, um, even at, the, at our school, you know, helping with their school masses. It's, I just love all of the aspects of that ministry and um, really community is really important. And that's actually where the band came out of was okay. it was all members that we were, you know, serving for retreats together. And uh, we, we started writing together and uh, that's where the band came out of. So really it's almost an extension of, of this, you know, so it's. Um, yeah. Do you, do you really see that there's a need for that kind of formation for parish musicians? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's something I'm very passionate about. It's uh, I've even been, there are certain musicians that have come up through our music ministry, even now that, that I meet with and uh, teach them things about liturgy, about ministry. Right. Uh, serving, you know, pastorally, how to serve pastorally, things like that. And uh, we meet and, and talk. And um, that's something I just really love passing on and sharing. That's interesting because I, I mean, you know, uh, people, if somebody wants to be a, a youth minister, they can go and get a, you know, a degree or a diploma in youth ministry. I don't even know if you can do like a diploma in liturgical music i suppose you could specialize in liturgy or something like that but i don't even know if yeah. that exists yeah there's liturgy there's uh like a sacred music degree but a lot of those specialize in um more the 
you know, the the sacred music. Side, yeah. yeah, they also, yeah, this is the very specific, um, you know, piece, sacred music pieces that yes. you turn on the organ or singing. Okay. And, uh, but that's, there's a, um, all of the aspects of being a music director that's so uh, diverse, you know, all of the different ways that you have to serve. It's, um, I love just diving into all of that and passing all of that on. Yeah. Especially yeah, the sure. pastoral side of that, how to serve people. Yeah. You know? That's wonderful. That's a, such a unique uh, calling, I think, and 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 an important one. And it's good to it's good to know that even though you're doing great work with the band, I mean that it's sort of really rooted in this other more important work that you're doing yeah. um, in the parish yeah. and as a, as a really as a formator as a teacher. Um, yeah. David, uh, um, that's all the time we have. But I'm really glad that we got to meet. Um, I really really like the music. Um, the, the, the album that you put out with the band victorious. Yeah. Is that the, the first EP that came out out of the band? Yep. Yeah. That's our first EP. So are you hoping to do more? Is there more music? I mean, I know you're writing liturgical stuff, but are you writing more, more music for the band? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we are. And well, that's something we're hoping to every few years to release, release okay. another album or EP. Um, and that's part of our promise, even as our name ever new, you know, we have to write exactly. the promise, you know, we had, we're going to stay ever new, even stay ourselves. Ever new. So we're going to well, just keep writing together and keep producing music together. That's good. That's a good, uh, good to know. Cause it's a good excuse to get you back on the show and we can get more <laughs> of your music. Um, David, uh, again, good to meet you. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, I really have to go to Phoenix now and go to mass at St. Tim's. <laughs> sure, yeah, um, so, so one of these days, uh, God bless and, uh, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Yeah. God bless as well. You can find out more about David Mares and his band Evernew at his website, davidmaresmusic.com. It's Mares, M-A-R-E-S, davidmaresmusic.com. I'll put that link on our site so you can find it easily. Um, and to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to our website as well, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now to take us out is Evernew with All Glory Be to God from their album, Victorious. David Mares and Evernew with All Glory Be to God from their album Victorious. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to every single Salt and Light Hour program that has ever been made on our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media. And you can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Next week, we're going to be remembering Sandy Hook with Jennifer Hubbard 
who lost her daughter in that elementary school shooting. And we will meet singer-songwriter Alverlis. So I hope that you will tune in again. Thank you for being with us today. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt of Light Hour.